0: House of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the Father's house. What a marvelous place it is. Listen, I promise you this. I don't know where you've been this week. I don't know. Some of y'all may be coming in on vacation, but there's no better place than to be than to be in the house of God. Trust me. Uh, you you might have other places you, you frequent and go, and you might refresh yourself at different places, but there's no refreshing like the refreshing of the house of God. Amen. There's nothing like it. Amen. Look at your name and say, I'm glad you're here. Touch them back and say, you need God. (laughs) What an awesome thing it is to look around and see the family of faith. We are in the throes of summer. It's getting hot, but I've been telling people it's never as hot as it's hot in the house of the Lord because our God is a consuming fire. Amen. I just want you to, you know, get close enough where you can uh, get your hands warmed up in here. Amen. Don't. Do, 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 don't, don't get too standoffish unlock your arms, unlock your mind be in a spiritual state of mind how many know you've got to be in a spiritual mind to receive from the Lord if you came in and you know you're thinking about things and stuff and you've got a place to go and you, you're thinking about lunch and where you're going to go eat, you're not going to get much out of today's service, but if you say I'm here because God wants to speak to me then you're in the right disposition, amen then you're in the right frame of mind we are starting a brand new series and I'm excited about it because I'm hoping... How many... Can, can I share something with you? Do, do you know that the work of the kingdom of heaven is to produce in you a heart for God? In fact, could I suggest to you that the work of the Holy Spirit is to promote in us, to say, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our strength, with all our mind, with all our soul. Do you know that when that heart is right with God... If the Word of God gets in, the seed of God gets into your heart, it'll produce the fruit of the kingdom. It'll produce the fruit of the kingdom. How how, how many know, ladies, that if a seed, come on, ladies, all my mamas in here, there was a seed in your womb, you didn't have to do nothing but let that seed abide. And if that seed abides, it produces a baby. Amen. And how many today know that if that Word gets inside of us, and if our heart is right, And if we abide in that, oh, the the work of the kingdom produces in and of itself. And all you got to do is just abide in him. Oh, that's marvelous. And so the reason why I'm saying that is over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about the seed. We're going to be talking about the word of God. And I want to help you to understand just how magnificent it is. And so I'm going to talk to you about the origin of the Word. That's what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to be giving you symbols of the Word of the Lord. And then at the very end, I'm going to introduce you to the Word itself in a person called Jesus. And we're going to get into some of these conversations because I want you to know when you open your Bible, it's not just pages with words on it. Uh, When you open your Bible, uh, your Bible, you need to know, is alive. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, And and so we're going to get into some of these uh, conversations here in the weeks to come. But you're going to be blessed today because we're going to be talking about today, I'm going to talk about the origin of the Word of the Lord. And I want you to hear it because the origin of God's Word, listen, I want you to hear this. The origin of the Word of God is movement. Let me say that one more time. The origin of God's Word is movement. Everywhere God moved, we wrote about it yeah 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 let me say that one more time for somebody everywhere God moved we wrote if God didn't move we wouldn't have the Bible but because he moved we wrote about that movement right and, and, and even better still the Bible says that God moved holy men of God were moved by the spirit to write about how God moved and so we're going to be talking about movement today we're going to be talking about movement I pray today that you be moved by his word Just as all of Scripture has been moved. Amen. So if if you're standing with me, open your Bible, Acts 17. I'm preaching a message. Catch this. I think you'll appreciate this. Actions speak louder than words. Yeah, I'm helping somebody. You know, today I live in a generation where I say this often to people. Your actions are speaking so loud I can't hear what you're saying. In other words, what you're doing and what you're saying aren't the same thing. But how many know when God moves, He moves in perfect proportion to His character. So wherever you see the movement of God, you can be sure that God is always going to act the same. Yeah. In Him, there's no shadow of turning. There's any variableness in Him. So if God moved like that then, He moves like that now. And if He moves like that now, He's going to move like that tomorrow. Somebody say Hallelujah. And so we're going to get into that. We, 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 got, we got to dive into that for a little while. And I know that if you'll let this message do its work, you're going to be moved too. And so, so, so let, let, me, let me, I want to take you, I want to take you to Acts 17. Primarily because uh, uh, Pastor Josh, today in our morning huddle, we talked about a lot of things, but do, 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 uh, church, I just want I just think this may be a good time to remind people and I started thinking, you know, maybe it's been a while since we've reminded people that, that the mission of our church in your life is to move you past religion into intimacy We want you to have a relationship with God right? I, don't, I don't want you living your life out of do's and don'ts I want you living your life out of relationship with God I want you to know what it is to worship the Lord And it's so important because if you're living out of do's and don'ts, the enemy is going to tempt you. He has recourse with you. And so I I want to move you out of that particular state of mind by introducing you to a passage, uh, uh, Acts 17. And then I'm going to give from this passage a correlation to this passage in the the Old Testament, rather, in, in Genesis 2. And I'm going to show you a correlation between these two. So let me do this. I wasn't going to read this much. Actually, I was going to start at verse 22, but I just feel led of the Spirit to start at verse 16. So, so, and I'm going to go to verse 28, but just hold tight because it reads as a narrative. Paul is giving us a description of his trip to Athens. So, so let, me, let me read this to you. Let's begin at verse 16. Again, I'll read it all the way through verse 28. I am reading from the King James Version of my Bible. It begins like this. Now, while Paul waited for them in Athens or at Athens... His spirit was stirred in him. Here we go. Somebody say, God's moving. When he saw the city wholly given to idolatry, therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him and some said, "What will this babbler say?" Others, other some he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods. Notice the plurality there, because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> now watch this, and he, and he and and they took him and brought him into this uh, into the. Uh, saying may we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest, is for thou bringeth certain strange things to our ears we would know therefore what these things mean for all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing Paul stood in the midst of Paul of Mars' heel and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by, watch this, I beheld your devotions and found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. Interesting. Interesting. I found an inscription, and on that inscription it was written, This to the unknown God. Whom ye ignorantly worship. Him declare I unto you. So so I want you to see Paul is now gonna give distinction. He's gonna declare God. How does Paul declare God? But how he moves. Brother and sister, you need to you need to lay hold of that. His description of God wasn't in attribute, his description of God was in movement. Baby, you need to hear that. Somebody needs to lay hold of that. When we read our Bible, we're reading about the movement of God, how God moves.
1: (laughs) Somebody say hallelujah.
0: We're reading about how God moves. That's why we call him El Shaddai, the Almighty One. Right? So so these descriptions of how God moves, notice how Paul introduces God. I love this. God that made the world and all things therein seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing that he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Whisper in your neighbor's ear, God is good. He giveth to all life and breath and all things. Watch this. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord. You see all that God has done that you would say, who did all this? Somebody say, have you ever been in your life where there was a benevolence done and it was so benevolent to you, so good to you that you had to ask, who did this? I want to know, who who started all of this? This is good. Anybody ever eat a Krispy Kreme donut and you say, I want to know, who who made this donut? What's the recipe, right? Uh, Listen, when we go out into a world full of God's goodness, shouldn't you say, who did all of this? I'm going to talk about that here in a minute because this is what the Bible was written about. It declares who God is. Brothers and you need to know when you open up your Bible, you're not reading about some, some wishful thinking. You're reading about the movement of God, what he does. Uh, this is powerful. He says that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him. Uh, I love that. Might feel after him and find him. he be not far from every one of us now watch this now this is the verse i did all of that to bring you to this one verse verse 28 so 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 consider this brother and sister look what it says for in him we live for in him what we live and what else and we move and what else we have our being ah somebody say hallelujah Ah For in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring, his children. It's going to be good. y'all ready? We're going to get into action and speak louder than words. That's what I love about my God. My God acts. <laughs> my God moves) <laughs> Will y'all pray with me? Let's just settle into this. It's going to be delicious. You're going to love this stuff. Father, thank you for who you are. (laughs) this This is your will in us that we be thankful. Father, thank you for being you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your movement that gives us revelation that we might know you, that we might come into eternal life thank you for sending your son for whatever question we might have about faith we find it in him because all we have to do is observe what Jesus did for Jesus says I don't do anything the father doesn't do I don't say anything the father doesn't say thank you Jesus for revealing to us the father for you said if you've seen me you've seen him today Holy Spirit help us to paint as we could in your, with your ability, Holy Spirit a picture of the Almighty that's due Him that's, that, that's part of Him that, that declares His glory that others might see it and walk out of here with a distinct image of God in their hearts and minds Holy Spirit, we come to the Word because this Word gives distinction to the movement of God and so we, we, we hear it uh, just as Paul gave it that we would live and move and have our being in him. And so we pray blessing, help, and strength as we move forward and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This is what I want you to do. You see a lot of people. I want you to go find people that look sad. So just kind of look around people look a little a little sad maybe a little tired maybe a little and I want you to go tell them actions speak louder than words as an encouragement to them because we're about to get into something go find five people and tell them you got to move around go find somebody tell them actions speak louder than words actions speak louder than words actions. Speak louder than words. We want to welcome everybody to the house of the Lord. I see a lot of new faces and faces I normally see. Paul, God bless you, my brother. It's good to see you. I see a lot of people moving about, saying hello, greeting each other in the Lord. Blessings to the family of faith, to the people of God. I'm thankful that you are here, that you've taken the time to get away from all the cares and duties and stresses of life, to find yourself in the house of God. I pray today that you be distinctly encouraged, but well, we are in a brand new series on the Word of God. Brother and sister, can I declare to you that the Word of God is like honey on my lips. <laughs> it is a sweet thing. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, the Word is sweet. Ah. <laughs> Look at your other neighbor and say, so are you, baby. Come on, somebody. God's awesome. God is awesome. God is awesome, man. God is awesome. What a marvelous passage we just read. In him we live, move, and have our being. Let let me start, let me start, since we're talking about, and God said. Uh, Let let me start with uh, that preface. I want to give you a distinction today, a a thought as to the first conversation God ever had with man. It's odd to me, quite frankly, that... We don't hear about that conversation often enough, or in that conversation is the whole duty of man. Thought that we don't talk about it enough. And let me introduce it to you. Uh, the, the, the Bible tells me that God had a conversation with a man by the name of Adam, who is a representation of mankind. Uh, G- God comes to Adam to declare three things. And I would say to you, quite frankly, that the things that God is saying to Adam, he says to us today. Uh, This is what God said to Adam. Adam, the first conversation, listen to this. The Bible says that God took Adam and placed him into the Garden of Eden to keep it and to dress it. And he said to Adam this, he says, he commanded Adam saying, watch this, Thou mayest freely eat of all the trees in the Garden of Eden. Let me say that one more time for somebody. That when God came to Adam, he told Adam, commanded Adam, saying, Adam, thou mayest freely eat of all of the trees in the Garden of Eden. I'm going to say it one more time. He says, Adam, thou mayest freely eat. All of the trees in the Garden of Eden. Look at your neighbor and say, God gave you freedom. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. But then he says this, but of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, thou mayest not eat of it. For the day that thou eatest of that tree, thou shalt surely die. Look at your neighbor and say, God gives you worship. Now, see, religious people won't hear that, but relational people do. He gave them a place to worship. Then he said this, and God said, it is not good that men should be alone. I'm going to make a help meet for him. Think about that. God gave liberty, he gave worship, and he gave family. Now, see, if you don't understand God, you don't catch that. What we catch is we can't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Notice that, that the enemy... Now, now, to digress some, the Bible says that it was God who, who created a garden in Eden. Uh, some theologians say uh, maybe even as, as, as big as uh, the, the nation of Turkey. And that the Bible says that God uh, formed, planted, God moved and, and caused trees to be planted in the garden of Eden. Such that the Bible says that it was pleasant to the eyes and good for food. The Bible says in the midst of the garden, in the middle of the garden, God put the tree of life. You you might have heard of that tree before. If you haven't heard of that tree before, you'll get to see it for yourself. For the Bible says in Revelation 22 that all the nations of the earth will come and by the leaves of that tree, there'll be healing for the nations. Tree of life was in the midst of the garden. But God said, all of that is yours. You can eat with it as you will. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of that tree. For The time that you eat of it, the day that you eat, you shall surely die. Notice that the enemy comes over to tempt Eve. And it's interesting that he says something to her that I think he says to you. I believe the same temptation that happened then is happening now. And it's in your life, particularly if you're a religious person. And there's a lot of religious persons in the church. Because they're living their lives by what they don't do. You take a lot of pride in your checklist of all the things that you don't do. Uh, notice that when the enemy came to Eve, he, he said, Yea, hath God said that thou shalt not eat of the trees of the garden of Eden? And, and Eve said, No, no, no. God said we can eat of all the trees, except one. We can't even touch it lest we die. It, it's off that she says that because God never told her she couldn't touch it. In fact, I, I believe I can propose upon the word of God that, that, that Adam probably told Eve, Don't even touch it. <laughs> i don't want you looking at it i don't want you to touch it <laughs> i don't want you to go near it uh, you know that sort of stuff and you know there's a lot of people in here that are leaving, living their lives like that you even teach your kids stuff about like that with god i don't want you to touch it i don't want you to look at it don't you want to go by don't you want to associate it with it? but we don't tell them the principle of why we don't understand the movement of why What an easy thing for the enemy to come and ask her, what did God really say? She doesn't know what God says because she doesn't understand how God moves. All she heard is, this is what I can't do. Y'all got to lay hold of that. All, All she's hearing is that, I'm a Christian and this is what I can't do. This is what's forbidden. What they don't know is how God is moved. Let me help you. Here's the abundance of God. The manifested goodness of God. They are living in the goodness of God. We don't know how long. Theologians can't tell you exactly when God spoke as to when the serpent came to tempt. But we know there's an elapsed period of time. Could I say maybe 50, 100 years where they had opportunity to observe just how good God is. In fact, could I suggest to you that the scriptures say, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, and all of you know about the goodness of God? Can we give the Lord a clap off and say, God, you are good? Everybody says God is good. But what does that mean to you? How, how do we translate that goodness into activity? How, how do we understand this movement that, that God moves, and when God moves, it's good? Do you know that even the Bible says that, 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 that no matter what is happening in your life, we say that all things work together for what? For the good. Why do we say that? Because God is good. (laughs) They're in the manifested goodness of God. There's no maturity in it. You you ever seen kids sometimes where they don't know how good they got it? I got some parents raising their hand. Hallelujah, glory to God. Some of our kids don't know how good they got it. Certainly it's a lot better when you came from. I say to some of you parents, I don't know what your kids are going to do for their kids, because we've created somewhat of a utopia for them. They don't know what it is to have a pair of shoes to go to school and then a pair of shoes to go to church, and that's all the pairs you got, if you're fortunate. They don't know what it is to have a pair of pants for school and a pair of pants for church, and you better not mess with either one of those pants or whether you're playing, because if you rip them, that's what you wear in the school. And some of y'all know what it was to have them iron-on patches on your knees. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got an iron-on patch. You put that patch on, and you go to school looking like an old country boy going to school, walking to school with big patches all over your clothes. Patches. Somebody say patches, right? Our kids don't even know what a patch is. God had supposed that if they had understood that they were in his very goodness, that they would come to a place of acknowledging, look how good God is. Isn't it only right that we would have an opportunity to declare back to God how good he is through our obedience, through our obedience, a place where we can worship God? Well, we could say to God, God, I'll gladly give up the knowledge of the tree of good and evil for the tree of life. And I'll gladly give that up to show you that I serve you. And so it's just so important for me to tell you that are you living your lives by do's and don'ts? And if so, you have no reality to the goodness of God. You are immature in the kingdom of God. You are just as Adam and Eve are, and the enemy contempt you into that which God finds contemptible because you don't know how God moves. God gives you a place to worship. And sometimes the worship is what you can't do. Sometimes it's what you're supposed to do. But we do it because we love him. He gives me a place where I could show God this is yours. He he gave to Adam and Eve a place to worship. This is how you're going to worship me. By not eating from that which will cause death in your life. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. He's given you a place to worship in the very thing that if you participate will kill you. They didn't perceive that at all. So when the enemy came and he asked her, what did God say? All she had was do's and don'ts. Brother and sisters, you're not going to live out your faith with do's and don'ts. Because there's a lot of doing and don't doing that revolves around our love for God. And if you don't see it as worship, as a way for you to give back that which is rightly his, you haven't matured in the kingdom of heaven. You, you understand, listen, you understand that it was God who made the garden. It was by his hands that he put that together. It was God moving to demonstrate an abundance and the goodness such that he hoped that they would come into that understanding. And how odd it is to be in a church where, where, where we have to play music for 45 minutes for anybody to come and tell them some level of adoration. Do, do, do you know that if we all understood this principle, we might only need one song? Wouldn't that be nice if you come to church and all we got to do is just sing one song and everybody's just worshiping God. Why? Because we're coming to acknowledge just how great God is, right? How wonderful you've been to me. And it's just amazing. We got to keep playing and playing and finally you get around to clapping. your yeah, hand. Maybe, maybe you might say hallelujah or something. I don't know what you do. But the point that I'm trying to make is that when we come into the reality of how God moves and the nature of God, then it's easy to worship God. Wouldn't that be nice if you come to church and we just start preaching the word? We don't even gotta worry about worship. We can worship at the end because you're already in the flow of God. You're already in the movement of God. Okay, we gotta go deeper. I could tell. Check this out. There's a story in the Bible of a man by the name of Abraham. Do do, do you know that every name that we have of God is his name because God moved? Let me say that one more time. Every name in the Bible is attributed to God uh, characteristically of the way God moves. We don't know anything about God unless God moves. We don't know a thing about God unless God decides to speak or act up or show up or, 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 or produce an action by which we can attribute to God who he is, right? So, so let me give you the, the, the very first name we gave to God, and it was because God moved. I'll give it to you like this. Uh, some of y'all know a man by the name of Adam? Excuse me, Abraham, excuse me. Who the Bible says this is this is the 12th chapter book of Genesis. I got all my chapters in order, don't worry. That that God came to Abraham. That's your name say, God moved. God came to Abraham and says, You know what? I I, I want to do something new. I, I want to make a covenant. I I, I want to come into relationship. But I'm gonna need you to move away from your family. So the Bible says that God came to Abraham of Chaldean, you know, he's a child, you know, from Chaldean, caused him to move, leave his family, with the promise that God would give him a son. Some of y'all know all the delays and all the reasons for the delays, but he finally has Abraham. I mean, Abraham finally has Isaac, and and the Bible says, this, this being the 22nd Passage of the book of Genesis, the Bible says uh, that, that God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, take thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest. It's the first time we hear the word love in the Bible. Genesis 22, 2. He says, take thy son, thy only son, whom thou lovest, and I want you to take him to the mountain of and you're going to sacrifice him there unto me. Look at your neighbor sometimes we got to do. Just as much as we don't. But if you're not in relationship, you won't go. Here's God moving. Saying, Abraham, I need you to do something for me. The Bible says that early the next morning, Abraham got up. He saddled his ass. clave the wood for the burnt offering. Got that fire. Took that knife. Took his men servants. And they started that journey to a place called Mount Moriah. The Bible says that as they went, they came to that place, Mount Moriah, and Abraham said this. You guys stay here while I and the lad go yonder to worship. I, I have an opportunity to worship my God. Now, now we have a backdrop in that because in the New Testament, we get uh, the annals of faith that is recorded in Hebrews 11. The Bible says that by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. Now, listen. That by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. The Bible says, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Of whom it is said, the Bible says, Whom it is said that in his name, in Isaac's name, shall thy seed be called. The Bible says, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence he also received him as a figure. In other words, Abraham knew about Jesus. Jesus, in fact, said it, Abraham knew of my day and was glad. This is a rich story, <laughs> theologians say that that boy Isaac was 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 probably in his 30s he's a symbol of a person we call Jesus the Bible says watch this when we move with God prophets speak when God moves prophets speak uh, the Bible says that as they win, uh, Isaac told his daddy, Daddy, I see you got the fire, I see you got the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And what did Abraham say? The Lord himself will provide a lamb for the offering. Oh, uh, here we go. It's getting rich. It's getting rich. It's getting rich because when you move with God, you speak like God and speak for God. Prophecy happens when we move with God. Now, now watch. As, as they're going up, you know the story. The Bible says that Abraham uh, prepared the altar. And God his son, bound him up and laid him on top of the wood. And right when he got that knife and was about to express that knife right through the heart of his son, an angel came and said, stay your hand. Now I know you love me. Now I know that I know that you love me. The Bible says that when Abraham turned his shoulder, he saw a ram caught in the thicket. The Bible says, they went and got and they offered up that ram in the stead of his son and Abraham called the place Jehovah Jireh the Lord will provide I I want you to hear that Our, our, our ability to say today that the Lord will provide isn't because we've attributed to God some name or an attribute that we hope he'll provide. God himself said, I will provide. I am Jehovah Jireh. Oh, y'all don't understand. This is, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is marvelous stuff. This is the origin of the Bible. The origin of the Bible is the movement of God. Watch this. The Bible says in Exodus 3, there's a man by the name of Moses. He's out tending sheep, and he notices that there's a bush on fire, but it's not being consumed. And he says to himself, I'm going to turn aside to see this great sight. And as he went, he heard a voice from the bush saying, Moses, remove your shoes from the place where you are standing is holy ground. Do you know that when Moses went over to that bush, God gave to him the very detail of how he was going to deliver the nation of Israel from their Egyptian bondmaster, and the Bible says that that Moses said back to God, God, if I go and tell them that you spoke with me, they're going to ask one thing. What's God's name? Because up until that point, the Bible only gives us two names for God, Jehovah Jireh and El Shaddai. If you don't know about the 49th chapter book of Genesis, uh, it is Joseph that delivers to us that our God is mighty. <laughs> Wish I had a hallelujah. I got somebody over here saying, woo, thank God there's one. The Bible says that God says, well, go tell them, watch this, that I am sent you. I y'all you. Y'all didn't get it, y'all didn't get it, y'all didn't get it. Y'all don't want it. Let me say it again to you. He said, when you go back, you tell them that I am sent you. In other words, God says this about himself. I will always be what I have always been. There's no shadow of turning with God, neither is there any variableness in him. If God acted that way yesterday, he's going to act like that way today. He's going to be that way tomorrow because he is God. Uh He's always the same. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, is theologically sound because he always acts consistent with his character. Just go tell him that I'm always going to be what I've always been. I'm always going to be what you need me to be. What you worried about? I'm the I am. You see, that happens distinctly because God is moving. We wouldn't have the burning bush experience if God hadn't moved. Uh, moved long enough to tell us what his name was. Listen, listen brother, when you open up your Bible, what you're reading is what God has done because his actions speak louder than words. My, my faith in the scriptures is this is what God said about himself. The, the, Writers are writing what they saw God do, how He performed, how He acted, and they wrote it down for you so that you may know that the I am, that the one who's consistent to His name, the one that always does it the same, the one that will not change, is with you right now. And if He did it then, He'll do it today, He'll do it tomorrow. You have recourse in His name. This is His Word. This is His Word. This is His Word. He's showing you. He's not showing you because He said it, He's showing you because He acted. Let me show you how thorough that is, just to show you that he is I am. You know, Moses said to God, well, you know what? If you ain't going, I ain't going. Y'all hear what I'm saying. He said, Lord, if you don't go with me, I ain't going. I ain't messing with these people. All that stuff you're talking about, if you don't go with me, I don't have no interest in that. What did God say? I'll go with you. Yeah, Listen, somebody say God is moving. He, he, he wasn't moving with him in inintelligible ways. He, he wasn't moving with him like, like a whisper. He, he wasn't moving with him figuratively in, in so much that we would say, well, you see, uh, this is God. He's, he's with me right now. God showed up in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He said, you want me to go with you, I'll go with you. And you're going to know that I'm with you because when I show up, you're going to say, that is God right there. Come on, somebody. You you see, God moves, and his movement is distinct. You can acknowledge that's God. And he says, wherever the cloud stops, you stop. And if the fire moves, you move. You're going to walk with it, right? Because I'll never leave you nor forsake you so that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And what is the symbol in the wilderness? Nothing but the Holy Ghost. Uh, How many did they know that the Holy Ghost is in you? Oh, I should have had more people saying "Hallelujah, glory to God, thank you, Jesus," that the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of us, and you know He lives in there because what is He doing? He talks to you. Yeah. <laughs> Either that, or you're schizophrenic. Catch <laughs> your name and say, "What you got, baby?" That 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 pillar and of cloud by day and that pillar of fire by night was God's guidance and protection in the spirit of God. Do you know that the Bible says that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a guide unto my path? You, 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 know, you know, as they travel, uh, 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 I, I like the story, when they went three days into the wilderness, they ran out of water. Y'all know these stories, right? Ran out of water. Uh, in, in the wilderness of, uh, in the wilderness of sin, right? They, they run out of water. I say it like that. Wilderness of sin. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about here in just a minute. Wilderness of sin. And the Bible says uh, they came to a place where there was a, a lake, a body of water. that They called it mirah because the water was bitter. Y'all you know, hearing this? And they murmured against Moses. You brought us out here and there's no water to drink. And the Bible says that God, watch, God showed Moses a tree. He said, I I want you to take that tree and I want you to put it into the waters. And the Bible says that when Moses took that tree and put it in the waters, the waters became sweet. (laughs) I'm giving you a revelation of the name of God. That, That the water became sweet. The Bible says that God then said to Moses this. He says that if you will hearken diligently to my voice and do that which is right in my sight give ear to my commandments and obey my statutes all the diseases I put upon Egypt I will not put upon you for I am the Lord that heals you I'm Jehovah Rapha can I get an amen out there? Anybody ever been healed by God? You, you petitioned God, you asked of God, you were anointed with oil by an elder, and they prayed a prayer of faith, and you got healing? That's Jehovah Rapha, baby. Listen, and we got his name because God was moving and showing Moses who he was. Listen, I'm not attributing to God that he's a healer. He said he's a healer for himself. I'm the God that heals you. If you don't think so, read Psalms 103. Where the Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. And forget not all his benefits, who heals all your diseases and forgives you of all your iniquities. Come on, somebody. This is God giving revelation to himself. The origin of the word of God is his movement. The Bible says as they sojourned a little longer, moving with God. It came to a place where they ran out of water again. You know it, Mount Horeb. We need water, Lord. What did God say? What's that in your hand? Gave you a staff. just want you to strike that rock. How many know these stories? Moses strikes that rock and water flows. All the nation drinks. Here's what we don't remember. As they're drinking... Amalek is preparing his army to attack Israel. No sooner that they can quench their thirst, Amalek attacks them. God said, Moses, I want you to get men and I want you to go attack them. And the Bible says that Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And as long as Moses lifted up that staff in his hands, (laughs) as long as he lifted up that, that staff, Some of y'all don't know that staff is a picture of Christ. It's a picture of authority in the word. Some of y'all don't know that, that Jehovah Rapha is only Jehovah Rapha because there is a body, come on somebody, a body of Jesus. Some of y'all don't know that that lamb, uh, that, 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 that ram that God substituted was, was an expression of the person Christ. Come on somebody, the very word of God. And so there he is standing, as long as his hands were up and that staff was lifted, that, that staff of authority in the very word of God, that, that Joshua would win. The second his hands would fall down, they would begin to lose. So the Bible says they put two stones underneath him. Uh, <laughs> you know who those stones are? That's us, a lively stones that we've built the church on. On stones, lively stones, a- a- and they lift up the hands to say that God's word is true, that He's whole. And the Bible says that Joshua, as his hands were up, disconfited the Amalekites, and they called that place Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner; His name is written on me. Come on, somebody. I I want you to see that these are all the places that God is moving. That when God moves, it produces his word, but the word is produced because of the movement of God. That way you can trust that it is the action of God that we're putting our faith in. Ah, somebody Somebody's got to get it. If you get this, if you believe that God acted as he said he acted, then you can trust that the God that acted yesterday is going to act that way today and will act that way tomorrow. You can have confidence that when you read the word and you make a declaration in the word of God, you can be confident that the God of yesterday is going to be the God right now of today. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Marvelous story. I'm closing down. What time? I got to close. It's already 12. Look at your watch, it's 12 o'clock. Look down, I want you to see it. Touch your neighbor say, we're going to be late today. <laughs> we're going to be late. I'll finish, watch this, watch this. The, the Bible tells me that there's a motion of Jesus. Jesus was walking. And he came to a fig tree that had leaves. It looked like it could produce. And when the Bible says that when Jesus went around, it wasn't the season of figs, but but the figs had leaves. So it went. Jesus went and couldn't find no fig seed. And so the Bible says that Jesus cursed the tree, Mark eleven. The, 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 the Bible says that Jesus cursed as they walked off. I, I, I can imagine, and supposedly so, that as they walked off, the disciples looked back at the tree. and looked like nothing happened to it. They just walked, looked like the same tree was before Jesus began to pick upon it, and they walked off. The next day, the Bible says that when they came, they saw the tree, and to its very roots, it was dried up. And Peter said back to Jesus, Jesus, look at the tree. It's dried up from its very roots. And then Jesus said this, put your faith in God. Man, I don't know if anybody gonna get that, man. That's, that's marvelous. Put your faith in God. See, if you put your faith in God, you could tell mountains to move, trees to uproot themselves. But then Jesus gives the greatest faith statement ever ushered in all of humanity. He says this, for you first have to believe that you've received it before God will give it to you. You first have to trust that that's the character of God, that's his nature. When you put your faith in God, your faith is in him to act consistent with who he is. And if you put your faith there, it'll happen because God is faithful. Even when you are faithless because God cannot deny himself. So now to the text. You thought I forgot about Acts 17, but I did not. It's the reason why I came to preach I I want you to see that distinctly Paul is talking to people who are philosophers. I I, I think gravely so that in the church we have a lot of church philosophy. Uh, We have a lot of philosophy about God and philosophy about Christ and philosophy about the scripture, philosophy about the movement of God, the precepts of God, the doctrine of God. What we don't have is belief. What we don't have is belief. What's happening in the church is you don't know how this got written. This is not men attributing to God attributes to whom they propose or believe that God may be this. You know, I always remember the story of our missionary Primnath, who we don't know. He might have been martyred in India. We've we've lost track of him. Uh, but I remember him telling me the story of his family in India, he says, "Pastor, there are 31 million gods in India. Anything can be a God. He says, "Our family worship the cobra God." He goes, all over my house were pictures and images of cobras everywhere you look, cobra. And finally one day he says, when well, I was about 12 years old, my daddy said, "Come on, we're going to go worship our God." He said, "What do you mean, Dad? We're going to go find us a cobra. We're going to worship." The Bible says they, they went out with sticks, all the family, aunts and uncles, went prodding into the branches, prodding into places, into the bushes. And all of a sudden, they prodded in bush and a cobra showed up. He said the thing stood up. He goes, preacher, I thought we would have got on our knees and gave obeisance to the cobra. But we all ran scared. Everybody took off running. They said, why don't we run, Dad? How come we didn't stay and get breath? He goes, if that snake bite you, it'd kill you. Huh. When they finally met their God, they knew its nature. Huh. Interesting. That they had made a lot of attributes to the Cobra God, but when they got there, they actually knew its true nature. It will kill you. God moves to show you who He is. Then He writes it down so that you can read about it and recanon so that you might put your trust in God. Brother and sister, do you understand that Paul was talking to people who philosophized about a lot of philosophy but never came into the act of belief? Friends, are you here today with a lot of philosophy about God? And you know a lot of scriptures and you know the Bible. But in practicality, you run from God. You don't know him yet. You don't know his name. You don't know how he acts. You don't know the movement of God that you might trust in God. And this is what apostle came to talk about. He wanted you to know what it is to move in God. So what does Paul do? Paul's great at this. Can I give you a scripture? I'm closing down. That's my second close. You know I got five, so there's only three more left. Check this out. I I want you to hear this and then hear Paul. Now, 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 slowly let these verses seep into your spirit. Listen to this. And the righteousness, right? The righteousness of God. No, pardon me. The wrath of God, excuse me, is revealed from heaven. Watch. The wrath of God. Somebody say the wrath of God. Somebody say, that's terrible, the wrath of God. Uh, you, you know, the wrath of God is, is a symbolism of even the tribulation. And the wrath of God is revealed from heaven, watch this, against all ungodliness, watch, and the unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. For that which may be known of God is manifested in them because God had shown it unto them. You say, well, how did he show it? He says it like this. For the invisible things of him in creation are clearly seen, even his eternal power and his Godhead, watch this, so that they are without excuse. What God has done is proof that he's God. What, what God has produced for you and in you and through you is proof that he is God. And when men don't worship him as to what he's done, the Bible says there's no excuse in judgment. So for all those people that say, well, what happens to all the people that lived before Christ that didn't know Jesus? What happens to all those people that didn't know Jesus, didn't have an opportunity to to declare the gospel? Listen, they're all going to be held accountable to what? To the way God moves. Every person that's touched their foot upon this earth knows what God has done. And God has shown it unto them. And when you go outside and you look around, you have to say to yourself, who is this God that did this? Who who, who produced this benevolence? Who produced this good? Look at what God has done. Look at his hands that we would give him due reverence, that we would come to him and say, this is God. And God reveals himself. And so, of course, Paul says, well, let me introduce you to the God that you ignorantly worship. I'm going to read it again. For as I passed by, I beheld your devotions and found an altar with this inscription. To the unknown God, whom ye therefore ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein. Seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Has he not given that to you? I got like three people saying it, but let me just, I pray you're really thinking about that. Has he not given you those things? Breath, life, all things. And he hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. And that determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. The Bible says that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us. Now watch this. The Bible says in him you live. Listen, the very breath you breathe is his very Ruach, his spirit. Listen, your movement, you you know, movement indicates motivation. Uh, uh, Could I suggest even initiation? That that when God moves, he's moving purposefully. I I, I want you to see that what we know about God is his motivation. You, you, You know, when I study the Bible, I see God's motivation. You know what it is? That, that we might glorify him we said it today in all that you do do all to the glory of God you see this is, this is the one place where Adam and Eve never attributed back God's glory obviously they ate from the trees they lived their life they never glorified God is that indicative of your life? Have you failed to give God back to him that which is rightly his? And you say, what is his? The glory. The ability to say, God, I acknowledge you as the source of it all. God, I know it's you, your motivation, your initiation towards me that I might know you right well. Listen, I know enough about God today to know that, that not, only, not only is God expressed in the expression of glory, but he's also glorifying his own son in these last days and I love to be part of that process of glorifying the Son the Bible says I've given you movement, listen today will you be honest and say the better part of your day is your movement based on God are you moving because of Him or is your movement into mundane things non-essential things think about it for a minute the Bible says in Him we live move, we have reason for moving and we have being. In other words, purpose. How many today you know you have purpose in God? I have purpose in God. Not because I'm preaching. Not because, oh, well, Pastor, you have purpose because you're the preacher. No, I have purpose even when I didn't preach. <laughs> Long before I even started attending school or Sunday school, or was it? I had purpose in the Lord. Well, you say, well, what's your purpose? To glorify God. It's all our purpose, right? The purpose is to stand up and say, Father, I know it's you. That behind those words, behind when I read about you, you are, you are written because you've moved. Now, brothers, I'm going to have you to stand. It's time. I, I, I want you to stand. And, 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 I, and I want you to say this in your heart because this is going to help your faith in weeks to come. Father, the origin of the word of God... Is you, your movement? He you said, "Well, Pastor, you're talking about the Old Testament. No, I'm talking about the New Testament too. Let me let me read it to you. For God so loved the world, listen, that He sent. <laughs> he moves again. For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son. There He is, moving again." Even when you run into Jesus, had you run into Jesus on the streets of Jerusalem, he would tell you, I only do what the Father does. And I only say what the Father says. Ah. In other words, my action is his action. Because actions speak louder than words. See, see before you get into your Bible, the Spirit of God has brought you to reality. It's God who's done all of this. Before your faith is is moving and forming, we come to the faith formation that God is behind it all. (laughs) I want to know Him. If happily they might feel after Him and come to Him, though He be not far from every one of us, is an expression of just how profound His movement is. Listen, long before you professed faith in Christ, you had probably acknowledged faith in God. Yeah. Right where you are, if you're like me, I, 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 I want to let my actions speak louder than words. I want to come to the altar. I want to come to the altar. I pray you do too. Harvest Point has an altar area. We have an altar area because we believe it takes movement. There has to be a transaction. You, you can't come to church and and sit in your seat you you, you come to church to worship it's a worship service Uh, part of the worship service is hearing the word of the Lord and acknowledging that that maybe something was said today Uh, the spirit of God moved and graced your heart, your mind and said it's time to put your faith in God it's not a blind faith, it's not a dumb faith, it's a faith that is already in the way God has acted because His actions speak louder than words. That whatever the situation is, whatever whatever your faith might be saying at this, whatever the expression of your faith is, because you got to have faith to not believe. Oh, hear that, brother and sister. There's a lot of unbelievers that have faith in their own unbelief. There's a lot of people that have faith in evolution and no faith in God. Uh, Brother and sister, I'm here to tell you, put your faith in God. That we could say uh, it was God who did it. Uh, Listen, long before you professed Jesus, it was God who did it. It was God who manifested. It was God who produced. It was God who helped. I I pray that some of you could see in times past, uh, God moving for you. God helping you. Even when you didn't profess faith in God, he still was God. Could I suggest when you were faithless, he was faithful. That's how you ended up in that seat. You say, well, was God faithful to me? Well, you wouldn't be in that seat if he wasn't. If you're sitting in this sanctuary, if you're watching by stream, if you'll catch this, this simulcast in another country, if, 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 God, if you're here listening, God's been faithful. Faithful. Why not just lift up your hands and say, Father, I want to thank you for how you've acted. I want to thank you for the truth of your action. I want to thank you because you're true to yourself. I hear it in my spirit. I, the Lord God, I change not. Lest the sons of Jacob be consumed. That every attribute is true of you. Will you say it? Father, everything that is said of you is true. Every action of you is true to your character and to your person. You do not act outside of yourself, Father, because you're perfect and because you're true, because you're God. Words were attributed to you that I can put my trust in. Father, you are the origin of the word, you're the origin. Greater still, your actions are the origin of the Word of God. Wherever you move, prophets speak. For for holy men of old time were not moved by the will of man, but were moved by the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, The Prophecy, the writings of the Bible... We're not written because men attributed, they were written because they saw you move and were moved by the Holy Spirit. Let me say it to you like this all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Brothers and sisters, put your faith in God. He's already moved. He showed himself faithful. He's already moved consistent with this character. He's given revelation of himself. The only thing lacking today is your belief. Listen, brother and sister, will you, will you say, I believe in you, God? <laughs> will, will you tell the Father, your actions speak louder than words. Your action is what I'm looking at, Father. What you do is my concentration. I, I, I see what you're doing, Father. I see how you're acting. <laughs> see, Jesus saw it. Je- Jesus saw it. The Bible says he's not going to say anything the Father doesn't say. And when he said it, what did it become? It became the Word of God. It became Scripture. Brothers, since you got to lay hold of this. The origin is how God moves. Listen. Everybody in the house, lift up your hands to heaven. And I'm going to say it like Paul, that God moved so that you would find him. If you're here today and you've never found him, Paul said he's not very far from you. Let me say it one more time to you. If if you've never found God, he's not far. This is what Jesus said. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So I want you to know that God moved once again. And he sent to you his very son to be a propitiation for your sins. In other words, God said, I'm going to send him to die your death. that you and I might have life one with another and all you have to do to have eternal life is to accept my gift of love to you and that gift of love comes in a person That the Bible says that if any man will confess that Jesus Christ is the son of God and believe in their heart that God rose him from the dead the Bible says he shall be saved it's that simple God acted will you believe in his action could I suggest will you believe in his word that Jesus is the word made carnate made flesh yeah yeah, so God acted and sent to you his word will you receive his word Jesus said if you'll believe on me believe that I died for you and God rose me from the dead you'll be saved if you're here all you have to do is believe that Jesus Christ is a gift from God sent by God to demonstrate his love for you and that that same Jesus being God's very son died on the cross and God rose and if you believe that if you will believe that the spirit of God will move you into that you're saved if you were listening today by stream that's all that's required of a holy God that you would believe on the one to whom he sent him we believe on the word the word made carnate the word made flesh the word that tabernacled among us just as that pillar of cloud by day and that pillar of fire by night God sends to you his son (laughs) who tabernacled with us (laughs) Uh, father I believe in you I believe in your motivation. I believe in your purpose towards me. I believe you did all that that I might see you right well. Will somebody? Will somebody say, "I see him"? I see the Lord. I've seen him. I see the Lord. I see him in everything. You see. You see. I, I see him in my life. I see him in my movements. I see him in my purpose. I see him everywhere. He's on my mind. He's in my heart. He's a purpose for my hands and for my feet. I, I'm moved of God. I move in him. Oh, today, Father, we come. Brother and sister, can, can you let me close this out? Listen. Father, we come to you not naively as Adam and Eve. with what they couldn't do. But I come worshiping in all that I can do. Father, I'm here. Here's my life. Here's my purpose. Guide me. Walk with me. Be with me. You're the origin of it all. Father, you've been so good. Can you pray that with me? Father, you've been so good to me. Every step of the way, you've provided, you've helped, you've encouraged me, you've stirred me, you've caused me to grow in the knowledge of you and in the purpose of you. you. You've been behind every benefit for every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. In whom there is neither variableness nor shadow of turning, Father, you are behind it all. Today I acknowledge your goodness. Will you will you pray with me now? Come on, we don't want to be like Adam and Eve, Father. I acknowledge your goodness. You've given me liberty. I like Paul when he says you've been you've been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty unto the flesh. You see what he's saying is listen, you, you're free. But don't use your freedom to go back into the bondage of sin again. You're free. Listen, I'll have a conversation with you. Thou mayest freely eat of every tree that I've created for you in this wonderful garden I've called Eden. I've made it just for you. My goodness is all around you. My beautifulness abounds with you. Who I am is your refuge. I I, I, I am. I am your wings. I I, I am your shelter. You hear the psalmist say, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my fortress. Father you're my fortress you are my God and you will I trust you hear it now watch this now God says there, there'll be some things I'll require of you but do them because you're going to bring me glory I have something for you to do M- maybe a limitation but it's your place to worship me W- worship me worship me in that which you do glorify me glorify me glorify me glorify me Father today we come as, as families Father you've you said it's not good that men should be alone Father you're not gonna you're not gonna produce all this goodness for me to enjoy it by myself you've paired me you've made me you you put me in the midst of a family Ah, Lord today Father you're the origin if I want to know you all I got to see is how you act today we come into that knowledge Father everything you said is consistent with your actions but your action is the origin and today, the family of faith, we come to you as Adam and Eve should have came. We come worshiping. We come acknowledging your goodness. We come to you saying, whatever you require of us, we see it as an act of worship. S- send me as you send Abraham to, to, to remedy that thing that I might have placed before you or ahead of you. Oh, I'm talking. Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and pick up his cross and follow me. For whosoever seeketh his own life shall lose it. But he that loses his life for my name's sake shall find it. You see what God is saying? Listen, brother and sister. It's time to come in congruent with with the movement of God, with the action of God. If you come into that action, we speak prophetically. We see God. We understand Him. I pray that you've done that this morning. Let me bless you. Father, I bless the family. Will you grab your neighbor right next to you? Will you grab your neighbor right next to you? Just grab the person, the first person closest to you. Just grab him and lay hold to him. Say, I, w- I want to pray. We want to pray this blessing because I wanted to introduce you to the origin of the Word of God. The origin of the Word of God is the action of God. And the action of God has been our benevolence, it's been our good. It's observable, it's qualifiable we can't escape the goodness of God we're even prompted to taste it and see how good it is so what I want you to do right now I want you to pray and I want you to say brother sister God's been good to you God's been faithful to you look at your neighbor and say God loves you as he loves Christ so does God love you No distinction, no difference. Jesus did not receive more love than you receive of God. It's equivalent. I want you to see the action of God. That actions speak louder than words. And I want you to tell your neighbor, God's been good to you. God's been good to you. Just to minister that word right now to your neighbor. Tell him, God's been good to you. He's been faithful to you. He's helped you. He's moved through people to help you. He's showered you with blessing. He's purposed you in love. He's created you out of the bounds of his own good pleasure. That God delights in you. The Bible says you're the apple of God's eye. Brother and sister, lay hold of this truth. That it's the action of God. It's It's his manifested beauty that causes me to believe in his words God moved therefore I believed